Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Gloss, the celebrity and pop culture podcast and conversations you have with your best friends. We're your host, podcaster Belle Crawford, that's me, and Anna Scarborough-Rawson. Hello. Hello. On the show, part two of our series, deep diving celebrity beauty brands. If you haven't listened to part one yet, doesn't really matter what order you do it in, but definitely make sure you check out that episode as well. There are so many to focus on. We're going to get into some of the big ones, but I wanted to touch on just how many celebrity beauty brands there are. To name a few, Drew Barrymore has Flower Beauty. Have you heard of that one? I have, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, in um, Chemist Warehouse over here. Also, Jonathan Van Ness from the TV show Queer Eye, he always has luscious locks. So it made sense that he launched JVN here. And that's in um, Sephora, isn't it? Yeah, he does have great hair. Oh, so nice. And Jennifer Lopez has JLo Beauty. I mean, goes without saying, of course, you'd expect her to have a beautiful makeup brand. Lady Gaga with House Laboratories. You got Halsey with About Face. Something about Halsey you may not know is she's really good at doing makeup. And for years, she would do her own makeup for her shows and everything. So she got into the makeup game as well. Yeah, I think she would appeal to specific demographic. Like her makeup is, it's not gothic, so dark, but kind of a bit alternative, I think, it would really appeal to that. So, yeah, I, was, I wasn't surprised when I saw that. And also, Rosie Huntington-Whitley. Now, she's got Rosie, which I've noticed is really popular on TikTok and especially in Mecca. Yeah, I love her as a person. <laughs> Not that I know her. <laughs> now we're going to look deeper into some of the biggest and at times most controversial celebrity beauty brands. Starting up with Goop. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, uh. Shall we begin? Now, Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's wellness and lifestyle brand. It launched in 2008 as a weekly newsletter as a look into Gwyneth's life and offering new age advice. It then turned into a website. There was e-commerce. They held wellness summits. They landed a docu-series on Netflix, and now they have a podcast. By 2020, the company was estimated to be worth $250 million. It surprises me how much that's estimated at. Well, I guess going by their prices, I mean... I know. Surely I guess. Maybe, that's a, maybe that's like a little bit of it, but still, like, yeah, you're right. I didn't realise it would be worth that much. I guess any publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah. Group got its name when a branding expert told Gwyneth all successful online companies have double O's in their name. So she added that to her initials, GP either side. That's how Goop came about. I've always thought huh. it was a interesting name for a brand but there you go now Goop of course hasn't come without a number of criticisms and controversies it was firstly criticized for being out of touch and showcasing products a lot of people 
cannot afford. And Gwyneth's response to that was saying that it's aspirational and Goop's content is free. I think Gwyneth is out of touch in a way. She's from famous wealthy actor parents. Her godfather is Steven Spielberg or someone like that. She's always had a really comfortable lifestyle. So she, I guess to her, these things aren't really expensive. So I think she is out of touch with what mainstream can afford. Some of the things that she promotes, that was quite surprising. She talks about doing magic mushrooms and stuff. I was like, it's someone's mum. Can you imagine like doing magic mushrooms in an ashram with uh, your kids? Yeah, they, it's kind of trendy because you do hear about people using mushrooms for therapy now. Like it's a thing mm, to treat yeah. a lot of mental health issues. So maybe that's her excuse for getting on the mushies. They've also had criticism for marketing products and treatments which are harmful. We'll get into more of this soon. False advertising, making unfounded health claims about products they sell. There have been a number of lawsuits and the Consumer Protection Office actually sued Goop and Goop agreed to settle out of court. One of those major standout things they did was release vagina eggs in 2017. I mean, I think we all know now that you're not supposed to stick anything up Um, there. I'd be very careful what you put up there. It's a precious, sacred space. You don't want to like, you know, that could be quite harmful. And anything that could... uh Dark. <laughs> Imagine going to the like emergency room with a jade vagina egg stuck in there and having to get them to take it out. I would rather chew off my own arm. <laughs> I have to go to the kitchen and get some tongs and I think just have to do it myself. I just don't understand. Like I know that there are sex toys that are eggs and maybe if they vibrate, cool. But what does a crystal egg do for you? Like it's supposed to, they claim it rebalances hormones, but then doctors came out and said that that was wrong and <laughs> They've now been banned from using misleading information, especially medical information. When they had to change it, they didn't admit that they were wrong or like own up to it. It was very much just, they've said we can't do this and we don't agree, but we have to by law. Yeah, there's some weird tie in here with vaginas. And hey, look, we've both got vaginas and there's nothing wrong with talking about vaginas, but group was definitely focused Obsessed. on. Yeah, it was their, it was their area, <laughs> so to speak. In 2020, <laughs> they launched a $75 US dollar candle which is about $116 in New Zealand dollars it was a candle called this smells like my vagina and the story behind this was while Gwyneth was testing fragrances with a perfumer she said huh this smells like a vagina and the candle sold out and once it sold out listings were popping up on eBay up to $250 people were wanting to get their hands on these candles which at the time I just remember it being a massive maybe it's part of their strategy massive in the news people were like whoa we all remember that story I think it is part of her has got to know when she does something like this it's going to create a lot of attention and that's kind of what she's been known for is these kind of outlandish vagina things but can you imagine people come around for dinner and someone's like oh your house smells really nice what is it you're like oh it smells like my vagina (laughs) like what it's not really an over dinner candle scent is it also I wouldn't have thought that would be a really pleasant Candle smelling. Well, look, if you're if you've got your vagina smelling nice and your pH levels are all balanced, maybe it would smell quite. Good, I guess she's know? like, if you Freshly use cleaned. my jade vagina egg, then your vagina could smell like this. Yeah, and also one of the biggest controversies in 2021, 
there was sunscreen gate. Now, an article in Grazia titled, Hey Gwyneth Paltrow, your misguided use of sunscreen doesn't defy solar physics. It's extremely dangerous. It's the unchecked misinformation for me. And it all started when Gwyneth shared a video of her skin and makeup routine where she said she uses a clean mineral sunscreen because there's harsh chemicals in conventional sunscreens, so it's something she wants to avoid. She then put the tiniest amount, like it's ridiculous. It's almost like she was using some sort of very expensive to the rest of us cream highlighter and she only wanted to use the tiniest amount on her face. She put it on the bridge of her nose and also a tiny bit on her cheeks. It was wild. It was incredibly dangerous. We've actually got audio of this video where she says it for herself. Have a listen to this. You know, there are a lot of really harsh chemicals in conventional sunscreens, so that's a product that I really want to avoid. You know, I'm not a sort of head-to-toe slather of sunscreen, but I like to put some kind of on my nose and the area where the sun really hits. This, of course, was quickly criticized by dermatologists, incredibly dangerous information. One of those was a PhD qualified scientist called Dr. Michelle Squire. And when it came to the part about, you know, Gwyneth saying that sunscreen had harsh chemicals in it, this doctor said, natural sunscreens don't actually exist. There are two types of sunscreen, mineral or physical, which use filters to block UV rays and chemical, which use organic filters. So essentially, you need chemicals in your sunscreen for SPF to occur to be able to protect you from UV rays. And the one that Gwyneth was using when I looked into my research wasn't actually certified by the body that says, yes, this is a good sunscreen, this is certified to you. So it was like not even a proper sunscreen. The ingredients in sunscreen are surely a lot less harmful than yeah. the effects that the sun has on your skin. Yeah, definitely. So that was probably one of the most, for me, I was like, oh, Gwyneth, come on. That's very out of touch. And not only very out of touch, but incredibly, it's just a spread of misinformation, which we're not keen on. Skin cancer affects so many people. The results are literally fatal. So if we could give you one message today, it's definitely wear SPF. Even in winter, I put it on my face. Like there's really good ones these days that don't feel like sticky sunscreen. Just put it on your face. SPF 20 is not enough anymore, especially in our harsh UV rays. So, And people are spending so much money on anti-aging products. One of the best things you can do for anti-aging is to wear sunscreen, yeah. even in winter. I guess all that stuff was really confirmed for me in the past few weeks when her former chief content creator came out. She was on the Netflix series. You would have seen her. Her name is Elise Lohnen. I hope I'm saying that right. She left the company back in October 2020 and there was a bit of talk on the internet about what drama had gone down but she actually came out and slammed Goop for their wellness culture which is toxic has said since leaving it she's vowed never again to do another cleanse she needed a break Next, we're looking into Kylie Cosmetics. Look, we know Kylie Jenner is part of the most famous family in the world, but how did the, at the time, 18-year-old baby of the family swiftly become the most successful? Find out how she launched her beauty empire and influenced a generation of pouty lips with her famous lip kits. We also look into Kim Kardashian's beauty ventures and why Selena Gomez's rare beauty is a surprise winner in the space. We'll be back after a quick break. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're focusing on probably one of the biggest in this space, Kylie Jenner and Kylie Cosmetics. Now, the youngest Kardashian, Jenner, Kylie, went from a quiet teen to an influential businesswoman aged only 18 with the launch of Kylie Lipkits in 2015. Kylie Lipkits were a collection of three lip liquid lipsticks with matching lip liners. That is quite a tongue twister to I say. I've that three times. Yeah. Now, they were a test run in the early days. They made 5,000 units of each shade, so 15,000 in total, and they were priced at $29 US dollars, and they sold out straight away and they went on to make their next batch, which did take a little bit of time. After the success of this, Kylie actually renamed the brand Kylie Cosmetics and added some new shades for Valentine's Day. And by this stage, production was increased to 500,000 units of all six shades to meet demand. Do you remember the Kylie Lip Kit era. They honestly were huge. Everyone was trying to get their hands on them. People in New Zealand and Australia were buying them online and you know trying to get them as soon as they were released. Did yeah. you remember that hype? I do. I never bought one. A little interesting tidbit is when she launched that, she put $250,000 US in herself of modelling money to launch that 15000 and it sold out in one minute. She said that when she went to refresh her page, they were all gone. And that is all solely based off social media. Like She doesn't have a huge marketing budget at all. She will literally launch something by popping the shades on her arm and putting it on Instagram or whatever, and people just froth over it. So really clever. What she has used to build her business are all tools that weren't available 10 years ago. So she's really honed into that social media savvy. What do you call them? They're not millennials. What's the one after millennials? Gen Z. (laughs) I'm so confused. (laughs) From two millennials, I know. We're millennials, right? We're millennials, yeah, because I'm seeing TikToks where – it's an aesthetic, but it's not an aesthetic. So, like, they won't post the pretty photos on Instagram. It has to be blurred or it has to be the meal when it's finished being eaten. Ah. So, it's kind of like about being casual and, like, chill. Undone. A lot of effort to look like you've not put effort in. Yeah. So, it's ah. kind of a joke in itself that it's an aesthetic of not looking too fancy and not looking too curated. But at the same time, it is curated, if you know what I mean. Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Also, not only is she the richest Kardashian, she is also... Worth more than all her sisters put together by a couple hundred million dollars. Stylecraze.com is a website that does all this market research and all the Kardashians dominate the ranking for the most Googled celebrity beauty brands, but Kylie Jenner takes the first spot. I was very much still in my Mac lipstick era. I still love a bit of MAC here and there. When I told my sister we were talking about this, she said she got one, like a lip kit for her graduation. She was so excited to wear it, put it on, 
graduation, a day where you're getting photos and everything. And she said that the lipstick was so drying because mm. they were matte, which was a big thing at the at that stage. There were a lot of, like, MAC were definitely doing matte ones, but they were just ones you didn't want to wear because they literally made your lips yeah, so dry. I can't do matte at all. I've, I've also heard same feedback <laughs> about actually quite a few of her products about just how drying they are and yeah. not very good quality. So I'm not surprised about your sister's yeah. experience. She said it like burnt her lips and she had really dry lips the whole oh, day. Nothing worse than that scaly look on your <laughs> lips. You've got to like exfoliate it to get it off. Oh. Yeah, so she wasn't keen and she said it kind of ruined her photos. We digress. Now next in 2016, Kylie expanded the brand and released her first Kai shadow palette, of course carrying on that great Kardashian alliteration, mm. a nine eyeshadow palette with bronze and neutral colours, which is smart if you're going to go out and something like that, you want something that appeals to a lot of people. Later that year, quickly becoming the most popular and influential Kardashian, she collaborated with Chloe. So her sisters were like, quick, we better get with Kylie so we can get on get Mate on this back. train. Yeah. She collaborated with Chloe on the Coco X Kylie collection, which was a four-piece lipstick set. Again, sold out immediately. And she released her first holiday collection with mini liquid lipsticks. Lip kits, there was a cream eyeshadows, brushes, even a makeup bag. And Kylie later revealed in an interview the launch of the holiday collection was the brand's biggest sales day, making $19 million in 24 hours. She quite often does these holiday releases, birthday release. I know in 2019 she was accused of being tone deaf because she released a money themed birthday range in honor of her birthday and it came out and it was like her face on a hundred dollar bills probably still sold out but had a lot of backlash her target market it's not low range it's not high end it's just kind of in the middle but in 2017 she tried to release 16 set brush set luxury brush set and it was 360 US dollars. There was just so much backlash from her audience saying, this is ridiculous, I don't care who you are, I'm not going to spend that much. And she tried to justify it by having a screenshot of like imperative brands. If you're buying MAC or you're buying Estee Lauder or Dior, you know, you expect to pay a higher price when you're buying these luxury brands. So when you're buying Kylie Cosmetics, you're not expecting to pay these high-end prices. Also in 2017, Kylie expanded outside of lips and eyes, launching a collection of six highlighter shades. Are you ready for it? Of course, Kylighter. Oh, thank <laughs> what? Kylighter. Oh. Like highlighter, but it's Kylighter. Has yeah. to, the alliteration has to Jesus be Jesus Christ. Like, you know, you just couldn't not use your <laughs> own name, right? Yeah, it's a Kardashian thing. They've got to do it. Now, of course, one of the most popular and influential of the family, Kylie collaborated with another sister, this time Kim, who probably was like, hey, how did I not become the number one sibling yeah. all of a sudden? I'm, you know, Kylie's more influential than me, making more bang, and created a cream lipstick set. This was KKW by Kylie because and this sold out immediately as well, like all the launches were, making $13.5 million. And this was actually a test for Kim's own KKW yeah. beauty brand, which she launched later this year. And we are going to touch on that soon in this episode. Kylie and Chris did their first in-depth interview about the business with WWD, revealing that Kylie Cosmetics had earned, get this, 
$420 million in its first 18 months and was on track to hit $1 billion in valuation by 2022. In 2018, Kylie partnered with Topshop. She went MIA from the public for quite a long time. She was pregnant and revealed. (laughs) It was this big video, you know, she went MIA, no sign of her. It was a beautiful video of her daughter, Stormy. Did you see this Twitter? Um, It was like, good morning, everyone, but Kylie Jenner, who thinks it's okay to sell me a $360 luxury brush set, but not okay to tell us that she's pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I have to insert this clip. Have you heard this one when it's like, Stormy, you look like mommy, baby. Rise and shine. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll insert Which she's selling rise and shine merch. Of course <laughs> she is. Kylie then made Forbes list of America's richest self-made woman, ranking at 27 with an estimated net worth of $900 million. She was only 20 at this stage and the youngest person to ever make the list and was, of course, featured on the cover. Now, there was criticism that she was not self-made because she launched her business after gaining fame through her family's reality TV show. Personally, I think this is a little bit unfair. Of course, she's part of this famous, rich family but I think it takes smarts to do what she achieved of course she had a big leg up but why not make the most of it everyone in her family had the same opportunities she's just done the most with it It would be a lot harder for say like you or I to achieve that sort of thing (laughs) making that much money like millions in 24 hours how nice yeah no I totally like her social media following like the platform and also in some ways she was one of the most understated Kardashians I know she's a Jenner but we'll you know put her part of that family all of a sudden she's this boss very influential businesswoman. It was sort of the quiet one coming out and surprising everyone. She was quite edgy at that stage though. She had green or blue hair. She always had really big punky rings on. She had a different Instagram name. In 2019, Kylie expanded her business again, this time into the skincare market with Kylie Skin, which you'll see now in New Zealand and Australia stores at Mecca. And I never see anyone buying it, not going to lie. I've uh, not seen a lot of great reviews online about it either. I know of a makeup artist that has got her cleanser. Um, She uses it to wash her makeup brushes because it is very stripping. So good makeup brush cleanser, maybe not so great for your face. Yeah. Kylie Skin launched with six products, including a foaming face wash, walnut face scrub. A lot of dermatologists and people were quick to jump on. The walnut shells in it, when you're dragging them across your face as an exfoliator, you're creating micro tears in your skin. In the original launch, there was also the vanilla milk toner, vitamin C serum, moisturizer, and an eye cream. And... In its first year, Kylie Skin made $25 million in sales. Her skincare has raised a few issues because she'll say a vitamin C, but if you're looking on the back of the ingredients, the vitamin C is so far down the list, it's not actually a very high component of it. So her products don't appear to be the best quality ingredients. Which perhaps for that target market, that's what they can afford. So maybe that appeals to them a little bit, but you can probably get far better for less money. Absolutely. Mm. There's a website called Brightly, which rates 
the most popular beauty brands in order of most conscious to least conscious and Kylie Cosmetics actually came last with five out of 20. In the first four years, Kylie Cosmetics hit the $1 billion mark. Massive achievement. And that same year, Kylie sold a majority stake of her business to Coddy Inc. for $600 million. The deal valued the business at $1.2 billion and she stayed on with the brand but in more of a promotional sort of sense now. Not long after this deal was made and Kylie sold a 50.1 stake in Kylie Cosmetics, Forbes magazine called her the world's youngest self-made billionaire at 21. Then they later released a statement accusing Kylie and Kris Jenner of forging tax documents so she would appear as a billionaire when perhaps she actually wasn't. In 2021, a lot of fans were noticing that Kylie Skin's posts were being archived and before you knew it, there was nothing on that page. But basically, Kylie came out saying that they were rebranding. They were obviously behind the scenes. We know that they were changing manufacturers and they relaunched with some changes to their products. Yeah, after the launch, Kylie Cosmetics is officially 100% vegan gluten-free, cruelty-free, and paraben-free. It's interesting, though, because Cotty, as a parent company, is none of those things. She now does have a list of things that she doesn't include in products. It's not a huge list at all compared to other brands, but some of the things she doesn't use are parabens, mineral oil, formaldehyde, just to name a few. Then the fact that she's even saying things she won't list is quite big for Kylie Cosmetics because their transparency around any of those things has not been great in the past. Yeah, and in 2022, Kylie overtook Ariana Grande to become the first woman to have over 300 million followers on Instagram. So hugely influential, huge social media platform. They created an app where they were able to sell Kylie Cosmetics, but it was really that power she had online, that dominance in that space that allowed her to be able to be so successful and sell so much. Of course, along the way, there have been some lawsuits. To touch on one quickly, did you remember the Kylie trademark? Yeah. So she tried to trademark the word Kylie, but Kylie Minogue, bless her, we love a bit of Kylie, she actually won a legal battle after this happened because, I mean, hello, she was the first Kylie. (laughs) Yeah, she's the OG. During the pandemic, she was slammed online because she started selling hand sanitizer on her website. So she was got a lot of backlash for trying to cash in on this pandemic. Why would you sell a four-year-old company by the time they had sold it sales were starting to go down a bit like they still sell out and do really well but there was a lot of controversy sales weren't doing as well so I think that had a lot to do with selling such a high stake to a company because now she can take a step back and a lot of the things that go wrong she can say you know like not my fault I didn't make that decision I mean I always have this issue because it's Kylie when you're not owning that company anymore or you're not really got much to do with it it can be a bit of a disconnect for the consumers because you don't realize that you're not buying it from her really like you don't realize you're buying it from Cotty now she had also had quite an unusual start in comparison to the majority of beauty brands and even some of these other celebrity owned brands because the main draw card of Kylie Cosmetics especially at the beginning was simply that it came from her being sustainable and vegan those things had nothing to do with it like that's something that people have harped on later but a lot of the other beauty brands started by celebrities so they come out 
and they've got like a cause or they've got a reason, but her reason was just to sell products from Kylie and that's why people bought them. And I mean, she did influence a generation with the lips. I mean, lips. It, was the, it was the era where, I mean, I think luscious lips have always been a thing, right? But it was that time where lips were starting to get overdrawn and, and people really wanted bigger lips, which we are genetically blessed where we didn't have to spend any money on our lips. because yeah. You know, not that it matters if you don't have big lips, but that is definitely the trend. People want bigger plumper looking lips they'll pay for the lip filler the lip flip and everything like that so I had never ever been asked if I'd had my lips done until Kylie Jenner started getting hers done sometimes the way they ask is so rude they just ask oh where did you get your lips done not even did you get your lips done or anything like that and if I say I haven't had them done they almost oh yeah sure like don't believe you sort of thing before that was never those questions or like the openness to just be like oh, where'd you get your lips done? Yeah, no, I've had that too. I even had a friend of mine who said, can I take you to my appointment to show them your lips? I want your lips. Or I was like, well, you could take a photo of them. Yeah, I don't overdraw my lips. I used to really wear a lot of bright lipstick and I don't wear a lot of that anymore simply because my lips are so dry from different medication. But I would never overdraw them because it would just look like I'd stuck my lips in a pool filter and they'd got stuck, like they just look ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess for some people who maybe don't have big lips, they were insecure, which Kylie definitely was. You know, for them, overdrawing lips is just a thing to, I guess, help them achieve what they think is beauty, which is is sad. I would like to think we get to a point in time where every shape or, you know, you don't have to, it's like not a trend with eyebrows. It's like however you want your eyebrows you have them yeah. and that's beautiful and, and same with lips but definitely she was at that forefront which influenced that generation to not only overdraw your lips but then just made a big pout a thing and monetized that and then went and did get her lip filler done. Also with just for a few years she just flat out lied that she had had anything put in her lips which that's fine, but when you are selling a lip kit, she's just saying, oh no, I'm just using my product and I'm overdrawing my lips and people are buying it and they're not getting the same results as her because they haven't got lip filler. And then she did come out and say, oh yes, I've had lip filler. And then she said I had it because of a like a nasty comment the boy made when I had my first kiss. That was kind of sad. We did touch on this briefly in part one of the series where recently Kylie Jenner was photographed in the lab supposedly creating new mixtures, which doesn't really make sense knowing now that she sold a 50.1 steak and a lot of the manufacturing is not done by her anymore. And she didn't have a hairnet on, she had no gloves, she was using some very expensive equipment and there was a lot of criticism even her fans were quick to jump in and be like uh you're just you know this is basically just an instagram photo yeah. it does make sense now though knowing that she's just on for promotional reasons that she would be in a lab looking cute and use it as a promotion thing quite surprising how much negativity she got from her own fans and then there was a like a chemist that had something just a few things to say to her about like how irresponsible that was and then she was accused of gaslighting her own um, followers by saying, you know, you guys think that I would put you at risk by doing this, rah, 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 when obviously like that's what they're saying. We're not sh like, we, we're not sure. We don't trust you completely. Are you being shady? Not cool. Also, one more thing on Kylie before we wrap up. She is so influential 
that she had the ability to basically make Snapchat not cool anymore. Do you remember when she posted about how Snapchat wasn't cool anymore and then the following day stocks, share prices drop significantly and there were those updates. I remember using Snapchat a lot for my work but they did make those updates and it kind of killed it and I don't use it anymore. It's kind of one of those things that's been and gone and then recently the same with Instagram where she shared, you'd call it a meme, it was just some text on her story that Kim also shared which was like make Instagram Instagram again with all the criticism they've been having about being more of a video sharing, trying to copy, just all the changes that people aren't really happy about. And they're wondering that maybe she has that influence again. If Kylie Jenner's saying something's not cool anymore and she's not enjoying it, if that can influence a lot of people and the same with the share prices. Interesting. I don't use Snapchat anymore, but it's just because I'm lazy. Nothing to do with Kylie. I'll probably keep still using Instagram. Mm. I'm not that influenced by her, but I think a lot of people are. And not to be overshadowed by her youngest sister, Kim Kardashian, as we mentioned, launched KKW Beauty with Kylie in 2017. It was a collab as a test to see if it would work, then went out on its own. Now she's got SKKM, which you're seeing a lot of at the moment. They've recently relaunched a lot of packaging where it's not really something that sits very easily. You know, a lot of circular spheric shapes probably don't sit very easily on your bathroom bench especially if you were traveling I don't know if it would be very easy to take with you well do you know who also was very influential in all the packaging and designed it for her not Pete Davidson RIP <laughs> already RIP definitely uh, Kanye right yes ex-husband Kanye West was heavily involved in the packaging design and branding choices she said on Instagram that her creative process wouldn't have been complete And she always gives credit where credit's due without Kanye. He brought his team in and they came up with the name. Packaging shapes were his idea and even the font, just like Skims, she said. The packaging has caused quite an uproar over claims of greenwashing as social media users were commenting that only the product's outer casing was refillable, which seemingly wasn't as sustainable as she'd claimed the brand was going to be. But she has said she was looking at concrete sculptures or different shades of stone in interiors. It's very much her new aesthetic, right? Nude tones... Quite sterile. I mean, I reckon that the packaging actually looks quite cool. Like from a style point of view, it's cool packaging. She said she wanted to show brands that you can find cool packaging that is recyclable and sustainable. Also, she said that Kanye, when he first came in and he saw the first bit of packaging, he was like, nope, nope, this is rubbish. This is not it. A total change from when she launched KKW Beauty. It launched with the Conto Kit, sold out in less than three hours and made $14.4 million in sales. After that, they expanded to eyes, lips, and body makeup. I know she had like a leg makeup. Um, mixed reviews with many stating that the Conto Kit was overpriced for the amount of makeup that was in it and poor quality. Um, it earned $100 million in its first year, and it did so well that Cotty increasingly tied its fortunes to the Kardashians. When they sold, she sold 20% of it in 2020 for $200 million. So she still owns 72%, and that is approximately valued at $500 million. But when Cotty bought 
both Kylie and Kim's, they also have got any future endeavours that they do. What she has launched, like the skincare she's launched, that's with them as well. In July this year, she announced that KKW was shutting down and she was relaunching with something bigger and better. It also coincided with um, when she was filing for divorce. A lot of people thought that it was so she could rebrand and drop the West from her name, but she said she wasn't going to change it, even though she did drop it. Since then, though, she's actually said on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast that the real reason for the rebrand was about streamlining her empire and making it easier for fans to shop. She said, I feel so bad that the customer had to go from KKW Beauty, then would go to KKW Skin, then would go to KKW Fragrance, that shipping costs at three different websites and then skims, you know what I mean? So I wanted one beauty brand. And almost a full year after closing KKW and five years after she first launched it, she renewed her standing as a beauty entrepreneur with the launch of Skin by Kim or SKKN by Kim, not exactly sure. She launched a new brand with a nine-piece skincare line that she credits for her impossibly flawless complexion. She worked with acclaimed estheticians I hope I'm saying that right. Is that right? It sounds like a hard question. Joanna Sheck. She said that it's skincare that's been meticulously crafted to support the skin's natural renewal abilities and includes good ingredients like niacinamide, hyaluronic acid, vitamin C. And she does say that she's aware of that consumers are getting fatigued from the amount of beauty skincare ranges launched by celebrities and that is why she spent so long working on her formulas she said that the factory she worked with said that products usually go through maybe five iterations of that product but she went between 20 and 25 just for each product so she really took her time on the formulas to make sure that when people get it they can separate it from being just another celebrity beauty brand the price tag if you buy the whole set will set you back a uh, whopping $630. Mm, I mean, we all know that beauty, makeup, skincare, it is expensive. You go into a Mecca or Sephora, you will spend, if you go a little crazy, a lot of money. I think most of us would probably just want to try little bits of it. You can buy a smaller set. You can buy a five set or a nine set. So, so you can't not, buy individual products. Or you can buy individual products, but it ends up being cheaper if you buy the set, which I mean, I guess they all do. Yeah, I just think it's a big commitment. It's not like it's a well-established beauty brand. But I think because if people look up to Kim and then seeing what she looks like, And this, again, is not shade or anything, but I have an issue, and I know you do too, when people are looking at celebrities, ones that are known for photoshopping their images, everything's airbrushed, you know, and then thinking that their skin's going to look exactly the same if they use those products in the beauty industry as a whole. There needs to be more transparency. Yeah, totally. She's also said that this whole skincare line was born out of her own skin concerns. Like she's got really bad psoriasis. And I just think that's dangerous because there are a lot of people that have that issue and they will be thinking if I use those products, then it'll go away. And that's really dangerous because... It's not scientifically backed. It's like it's not made for that purpose exactly. This would be an issue a lot of celebrities and influencers would find themselves in and where you're literally selling something on yourself, but it's hard to separate yourself from that product. Like they could make a skincare line, right? And wanting to separate it from themselves so that 
you don't have to think, oh, they use every single product from that range. But at the same time, they're leveraging off their celebrity power to be able to make that business successful. Yeah, absolutely. She's also said that the SKKN brand is going to branch out into lip liners, lipsticks, foundations that give you more of a neutral palette. If the original trademarking filing is anything to go by, she plans on launching a full roster of skincare, hair care, nail care, even supplements, plus skin and hair tools as well as home products. But I mean, it wouldn't be a new celebrity skin launch without a lawsuit, right? No, there seems to be lawsuits <laughs> left, right and centre yeah. for them. So she's currently being sued for a trademark infringement by a small business. A New York spa and beauty centre called SKKN Plus has been operating under that name since 2018. Watch this space, but I have a feeling that if you throw enough money at it, it'll probably just go away. And I've got all the time, I've got all the money. You know, remember that line they were like threatening to release yes. like a supposed second sex tape? Yeah. This morning, a YouTube video came out and it was a tour of the SKKN offices. It is very much Kim's new aesthetic. It is neutrals, white, doctor's room kind of vibe. Beautiful, very beautiful. But two things stuck out to me was she's got a shower attached to her office, which makes sense. But there was a chair in the shower and she's like, I don't know how this got here. But then she went on to say that quite often people will come in and talk to her while she's having a shower because she's just so busy and then um in the garage there's quite a lot of flash cars and she was supposed to do I guess this smooth drive off kind of exit scene but she her car's so high tech she couldn't figure out how to open it oh, I did see that yeah. clip she's like how do I open this again yeah Selena Gomez is the most followed musician and actress on Instagram, over 342 million followers, and Time Magazine named her one of the 100 most influential people in the world. Known for their viral cream tints, they're all over TikTok, they are sold out, and aiming to change the beauty game by breaking down unrealistic standards of perfection. Enter Selena Gomez's Rare Beauty. Now, this was launched in 2020, and Selena wanted to create products that help people enhance their natural features, not alter them. And the message on their website says, together we're building a safe, welcoming space in beauty and beyond. This is makeup made to feel good in without hiding what makes you unique. It's all vegan and all cruelty-free. Have a listen to Selena talking about Rare Beauty. The thing which I think is quite cool, and you may agree about Rare Beauty, and something that differentiates it from a lot of other celebrity beauty brands, is that it has values and there's things behind it. I don't know if you notice on the website, they've got this Rare Impact blog, which shares information about yeah. mental health, something which Selena Gomez has been very open about and is very passionate about opening those conversations and support for people who are also struggling. And they've got the Rare Impact Fund, which aims to raise $100 million over the next 10 years to give people access to mental health services. They've done really well for doing that. I think it has a message at tapping into that self-care let's enhance what you already have let's not try to change things which I think is perhaps I mean not only is she already hugely followed and people know who she is since the Barney days which I think is pretty cool that her yeah. career started back then that's definitely helped made it so successful I think she's really nailed it not only are the products actually really good and everyone raves about them like there's very few negative reviews of them 
but like you said on their website, there's so much information about mental health. They've got articles up, Anxiety 101, how you can be there for others, 11 types of mental health professionals to know, and they go really into how they plan on using the money that they raise. They've got a really clear message behind it, which I think is so different to most of them. And the fact that she's even got a 10-year plan is huge. She's building this up to last rather than creating something to sell on to a larger company and make a lot of money. Like this is obviously something that she's really passionate about. It's her way of, I guess, raising so much money and being able to make a big impact. We did touch on this in our part one of the series. She's brought on some pretty experienced people in the beauty space. Yeah, she um, they built the business from the ground up and they went and they got executives from NYX and Hourglass. So they've got some really experienced experts in the business, which is really great. According to the market research, the same website Style Craze that we've been talking about, they have Rare Beauty ranked as the second most popular celebrity beauty brand. So that's huge for a non-Kardashian and a reasonably new brand as well. The collection's liquid blush and eyeliner stand out as clear fan favourites. Selena herself has said that the shade Gifted is her favourite lipstick. One thing that I really like that's pretty cute is that all the products have got really positive names. Like she's got the Kind Words lip liner, Warm Wishes Effortless Bronzer Stick, Always an Optimist Soft Radiance Setting Powder, Positive Light Liquid Luminite. The Stay Memorable Melting Brush actually won an Allure Best of Beauty Award in 2021. She's actually got some really good products. It's not just a celebrity pushing out some products that are a bit naff. The products are really could stand alone without her. And another thing that I really, really like is that she didn't call it Selena or Selena Gomez. I really like that it's got its own name. Just so many of these ones are so wrapped around the whole identity of the celebrity. I like that there's some distance between her and the name of it. Like it's just not all about her. It can be about what they're trying to achieve. I think that was a really smart decision because as you see, if your name is tied into it, you are so heavily criticised, everything comes down on you when at the end of the day, you're not the person making all these decisions necessarily anymore because you are part of a bigger brand and a business. So it's smart. And we all know that Selena has experienced terrible bullying and trolling online. So I don't think that would be in her best interests as well because she has talked about how being online has been so hard for her at times where her mental health hasn't been good. Unless you knew, you go into a shop, unless you see a photo of Selena there. When I first heard of Rare Beauty, I didn't realise it was Selena's business. I just thought it was this new brand that everyone was talking about online. They seem to be ticking so many boxes Brightly, the same website that rates the most popular beauty brands from most conscious to least conscious, Rare Beauty came number two at 17 out of 20. And they were the only one of all the ones we've talked about today that actually had a dedicated sustainability page on their website, totally dedicated to the company's environmental impact and how much of a conscious effort they've made to limit waste wherever possible. And all their products are either reusable, recyclable, can be refilled, They've just really, really thought about everything. And we are in that self-care, self-love era, which I jumped on board as well early days. And I think tapping into that space is a really smart decision by them. And probably what's helping to set it apart is that it is very self-care focused and it's not about changing the way you look. 
especially in an era where here's how you can contour your face to make it look different, you know, using highlighters to make your nose look different. People getting a lot of filler and injections, they're not encouraging that. And, you know, a lot of the time makeup is to change your appearance, but I really like that it's about enhancing your natural features and what you already have. And I think that's what's setting it apart from a lot of brands at the moment. Yeah. Not, not only that, cream blushes are having a real moment. I use cream bronzers at the moment as well they're so nice on your skin they're not as drying if you prefer more of a glowy look they're really good for mature skin too yeah yeah I totally agree with you on that I second that I'd like how she said that rare beauty is not about being someone else it's about being you and being comfortable with yourself and how she's stopped trying to be perfect and she just wants to be her that just I think is so different from pretty much all of these other ones that we've been talking about authenticity it's one of those words we throw around but it really is so key and I think that's what this brand has not only that they have very good products that people enjoy it's selling out like I said I've been trying to get my hands on some of the I love the packaging of the little blushes but a lot of them are constantly sold out a lot of them sold out Sephora's SVP of makeup and fragrance her name's Alison Hahn. She told Allure magazine that clients want to be connected to what a celebrity stands for. What are their values? What are the emotional connections? And is there something good and a mission behind the celebrity? The products also need to work. They really need to do everything any product we sell does. So Selena Brand does all that. Like it's got good products, got an emotional connection, stands for something. It's got a mission. I just think she's done so well I actually went to Sephora yesterday to try and buy some of it because after all these reviews it's like oh I I should really try some of this most of the colors were sold out and nothing against Selena because it's not her fault but I stood there for a good 10 minutes and was totally overwhelmed by you know there's 48 shades or something like that not one person asked if they could help yeah well hopefully you can get to try some of it soon because it looks and seems beautiful in its first year, Rare Beauty made $60 million in revenue. So going well, and I reckon a brand that will stick around for quite a while doesn't really seem to have any controversies around it, which is quite refreshing to see. Yeah, I didn't find any negative things. A few things about some of the products, like most people loved, and then there's always the one person. But there was no controversy against the actual brand. One thing that was quite cool, though, was during... COVID, a lot of the shoots that they were doing were cancelled. So Selena actually duct taped her phone to her mirror to film the tutorials herself. Like personal and authentic. I think that just really resonates with a lot of people because people are, are really sick of all that overproduced, over Photoshop. So they are really responding well to the transparency and the vulnerability. We have some beauty recommendations of our own. We're doing the bougie and budget-friendly. Ones you might splurge a little bit more on that we love and use and ones which are a bit cheaper, but oh, they are still good. What do you got for us? We're going to do makeup first, Anna, in the bougie category. The Drunk Elephant Debronzy Anti-Pollution Sunshine Drops. You can get them from Mecca. They're $61, but they do last a really long time. I tend to pop a few drops of mine either in my primer or in with my tinted moisturizer. They just kind of make you look a little bit 
bronzed and like you've been on holiday, you could just pop them in with your moisturiser. If you're not a person that wears makeup every day, that would probably be fine. They're antioxidant rich and they're a sun-kissed serum. I've used this as well. I've still got a tube in my bathroom. Yeah. But we've both got sensitive skin and they seem to be really good on our skin as well. So I haven't had any issues. Yeah, it's supposed to support the he- a healthy barrier function of the skin. Yeah, yeah, we love it. We love a good recommendation. What about your budget-friendly makeup? There's also a Mecca one. We are, we're loving the old Mecca because we're Mecca girls. We're not really Sephora girls, are we? Yeah. But the Mecca Max Off-Duty Contour Stick. <laughs> they um, come in three different colours and medium deep and rich and I quite like that they aren't super full coverage they're just quite sheer so if you've got a bit of tinted moisturizer on or whether you're doing a full face they're very buildable and they kind of come in a chubby stick they remind me very much of the Clinique they're kind of a dupe of the Clinique ones the OG ones and you can swipe them on and then sort of blend them out they also have uh, blush ones, quite a few different colours. Cream, so super easy to use, blendable, and they're only $20 and they last a really long time. I had those on my uh, budget-friendly as well. Sorry. No, it's okay. I've got another one, but we can we can love the same recommendation. No, they're so good. And like Anna, I use the... I think I use the medium contour, the bronzer every day. And I've tried a few of the blush shades. One that's, uh, I think it's called Candy. I probably would use that more in summer, but I've found, and I know this one's very popular, Pinch. It's a really nice pink. Maybelline has always done good mascaras. So their mascaras are really good. And I've been really impressed with their concealers lately as well. I do get gifted a lot of their products whenever they launch something. But some of their concealers, I've been thinking... They're really good and you don't always have to spend high-end prices. I used to always wear a lot of the MAC Pro Longwear concealers and they're like 45, 50 bucks. And if you can get something that's just as good, that's 15, sometimes $11 if they're on sale. My makeup bougie recommendation, you start with one product, you end up with a whole bunch, but I'll focus on one, is Charlotte Tilbury's Hollywood Flawless Filter. This is so popular now that you can barely get it. I am waiting to restock. I've put it on, you know, when you get an email when it's back in stock. I keep checking to see if it's in any stores, but this is so good and it lasts a really long time as well. I bought one for reference start of this year I'm only just running out now you can use it as a primer or maybe if you don't want to wear I'm like you some days I won't wear foundation most days really it's just a bit of that in a tint you could put it on itself with concealer it looks really beautiful and it's just got a nice glow to it apparently there is a dupe which is elf but I don't think they stock that in New Zealand which is a real shame so you know elf cosmetics yeah One more because I am just, this is hard for me to whittle it down to just one, was there is a lot of hype around the Dior lip oils. I personally, and this could be controversial, I rate the Cossas lip oils more. They're lip oil tints. They have a lot of colors. I own about four of them now. They've got way more pigment than a Dior lip oil. A lot of those lip oils, they're more gloss. So if you're wanting a gloss, that's what you'd want. But the Cossas lip oil tints... They have a good range of colors and they just stay on a bit better. And really good if you're not someone that wears a lot of lipstick. These, you could just put a little bit of liner underneath and and wear by itself and nice and dewy. Moving into recommendations for skincare. What's your bougie skincare recommendation? Glow Recipes Watermelon Sleeping Mask. I really like it. It's like a light, breathable, jelly-like mask that um, smooths, brightens, and gently exfoliates your skin overnight. I quite often sleep with it but also put it on before bed as like kind of a spot treatment on something maybe I've had a breakout 
but it will fade those spots overnight and it's really good it leaves your skin feeling so smooth and it lasts a really long time it's from mecca for the small tub 30 mils is 37 dollars. so you could always get the small tub and see if you like it for the bigger tub 80 mils it's 77 dollars, but it does last really well and what about budget friendly with skincare i have really really dry lips and i have tried everything and it is just such a pain in the bum but dr lip original nipple balm it's $27 for a small one. It's multi-use. You could use it to condition your eyelashes or put on dry cuticles. It's got a lanolin base, so it's really, really moisturizing. Kind of locks in that. I'll try anything. Yeah, like I've got to get these lips yeah. <laughs> nice and saturated. Yeah, we love it. We love fresh, dewy lips. My bougie skincare is Dermalogica. I have used Dermalogica for years. You know how you said with like a lot of ranges, you might not use heaps of their products, but I have found quite a few of their products really good. For full transparency, I have been doing a paid partnership with them. They own Clear Start, which is also a really good range more for breakout prone skin, maybe slightly younger, but not teenage. It can be in your 20s, 30s, but that's been really good as well. And it just works for my skin. I think with skincare, finding what works for you and you and I have both experienced breakout prone skin and struggle with sensitive skin as well. So once you find something that works for you, there are also some really great budget-friendly brands these days as well, like CeraVe. Yeah. Their cleansers, if you haven't tried, these are dermatologically approved. They're actually a really good price point. You can buy these at Chemist Warehouse. I've tried a few of them. The oil one's really good. That's all we've got time for. Thank you for listening to our two-part series looking into celebrity beauty brands. If you haven't already, make sure you listen to part one after this episode. And please make sure you subscribe to Gloss on your podcast app now. You can select automatic downloads. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As well, so when new episodes are out, they'll go straight into your feed. And this is a super helpful way to support us as a new podcast subscribing. It means that others can find us as well. Leave us a five-star rating. And if you're enjoying listening, write us a kind review and share the link with your friends. You can find us and follow at Gloss the Podcast on Instagram. We'll catch you soon. Adios.